You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today, we are going to talk about recruiting, and we're going to look at Boston College's 2021 recruiting class and get a better idea of what makes this class and what needs they have and, you know, kind of get a better feel of where they are for recruiting. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about this podcast. If you're new, this is only our third episode. Boston College, Locked On Boston College, is a daily podcast. Boston College Podcast, hosted by me, AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. And I'm going to talk to you about everything Boston College five days a week on a podcast that's going to be perfect for you. It's 20, 25 minutes, which is great for a commute, or if you're listening at work or home, you can plug this in, listen to it, and you know get your Boston College news daily, and I'm excited to do that. We're going to have analysis, we're going to have opinions, we're going to have opinions, analysis, interviews, game breakdowns, recruiting news. We're going to get into it all here on Lockdown Boston College. So all you have to do is go to your favorite podcast directory, look for Lockdown Boston College, hit that subscribe button. You're going to get this every day. And today we're going to kick off our Wednesday coverage by talking about recruiting. So let's just jump right in. So Boston College class of 2021 in football has 24 commitments already. And this is a class that I think we really need to give some perspective of where the, the current milieu is in terms of college football recruiting. Jeff Halfley has not gotten a full cycle out of this whole crew of 2021. Most of these kids usually start getting recruited either their freshman or sophomore year. Now, these kids are all seniors now, so Jeff Halfley is already playing catch up with some of them. On top of that, he can't get any of the kids to come on campus. They all have to do everything on Zoom. He has not met any of them in person. And I think that's a big challenge. He hasn't been able to go out and watch them play. He hasn't done, you know, he just has to rely on the film and Zoom meetings. And that's a challenge. And it's a challenge, I think, that's almost very unique for what Jeff Halfley has to deal because a lot of kids, you know, like maybe a Drew Kendall has met Jim Harbaugh. He's been to Michigan. And he, you know, been able to see everything there. He's been able to probably come to see Boston College, but he saw Steve Adazio. It's a little different. So a lot of these kids have not been able to step foot on campus. And it makes a bit of a challenge for what Jeff Halfley's trying to do. So if you're looking at, like, just star ratings, and I challenge you not to do that. Uh, for a school like Boston College, it's great at points, but sometimes you're missing some of the big ones. Remember, Luke Keekley was a, a, you know, he was not a highly recruited kid. Matt Ryan was not. Mark Herzlick was not. They're they're good for a lot of senses, but and a lot of times they miss kids that really flourish at Boston College. So let's look at what the kids that Halfley has been able to bring on. He's very excited about them. So the big strength in this class of class of 24 kids so far is the defensive backs position. Jeff Halfley has brought in six. Now, if you know Jeff Halfley, defensive backs is his bread and butter. He's been able to work hard with the kids he's had. You know, Brandon Sebastian's having a great year. Josh DeBerry, Elijah Jones, they all had a great year. But he wants to build depth there because that's an important position in his defense. If you've seen, 
He he mixes guys around. He's cycling guys in and out. So he needs to build depth. The cornerstone of the class of 2021 is a defensive back, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because of who Halfley is, and that is Clinton Burton Jr. He's a top 100 recruit according to 247 or any other recruiting site you have. He's a four-star, and he's a flip from Florida, which is pretty incredible. If you follow Boston College, you know that they aren't going to be flipping many kids from SEC power schools, and they got this kid who's you know one of the blue – he's a blue chip. Basically, you know, you know, Boston College doesn't get blue chips, and they got one here. He's a defensive back from St. Francis Academy, a big program. We're going to talk a little bit more about them in a second. And he gives BC, a, you know, a really high-level recruit to kind of build around. But on top of that, you have Burton, who's going to be playing next year. I, I, I'm telling you, Clinton Burton Jr. is going to be on that too deep next year. On top of that, you have Jalen Cheeks who's another high three-star recruit out of New Jersey who has a great resume in terms of his offer list. And he really wanted to come to Boston College. He committed to Halfley really early in the cycle. Um, And I think he's going to be another face that you're going to want to get to know. Because I think when you look at this defensive back group, you got Cheeks and Burton and you got some other talented kids, but those are the two that are like, wow, you're going to have two really nice defense, defensive backs, whether they play safety or cornerback when they get here. On top of that, there was, you know, there's Marvin Martin, who I'm sure everyone else out there, when you heard that name, you go Marvin Martian, Marvin Martin. He's a uh, safety from Texas. There's uh, Sean Gates, who I think is going to be just up there too in terms of cornerbacks. I like the way he plays. And Cole Batson, Cole Batson's going to be the next Jamin Muse in terms of the style he plays. He's a safety offensive, you know, a safety linebacker hybrid type. Um, coming from California, he was a flip from Arizona. Or actually, sorry, Arizona. He decommitted from Arizona, then flipped to, to Boston College. And then Jalen Williams, who is a um, another cornerback from Texas. So you see, there's six defensive backs, and they're still looking at them. There's another, They just offered a kid who's an Arkansas State um uh, commit right now and he he's from Georgia so you know Halfley is building he really wants depth in that secondary because it's so important for his defense on top of that he's also started to build on that defensive line now one of the biggest weaknesses on BC has to be the strength of that and the depth of that defensive line I don't want to say strength because they're playing much better right now but they need some depth so they've gone out and they landed a couple kids already, uh, Quantavius Hudgens and Tyus Clemens. Clemens just committed yesterday, uh, today. Uh, he committed on Tuesday, excuse me. And he is, they're both from Alabama. And I think these are the type of kids that they, you look at their rank- rankings and you're like, oh, they're not, they have no stars. They don't have offers. I mean, Hutchins was committed to, um, I want to say Tulane. And Clemens had, his first offer was Boston College. However, the film tells the story. You watch their senior film and you can see that these kids are going to be power five defensive ends. And that's what should get you excited about them because they're kids that are going to make a difference. And, you know, you wonder, why don't they have more offers? Well, here's why. Because of COVID. These are the types of kids that would go to camps all around the country and play for recruiting um, and recruiting um, directors and scouts and coaches and catch their attention. But COVID took that all away from them. These kids have to just base their play, you know, their college um, choices based off of their tape. 
which doesn't tell the whole story. And Halfley will tell you that, you know, that he has to kind of just look, use what he's got, which isn't everything. So these are kids that now their senior tapes are coming out and you're saying, ooh, you know, you look at Quantavius Hutchins. He had five sacks a couple of weeks ago and playing down in Alabama. And you look at Tyus Clemens and you're like, ooh, diamond in the rough kid right here. So you see that some of these players, they can do um, more than what they're ranking and their star ratings are going to do it's this is going to be a funky recruiting class for every school there's going to be lots of misses there's going to be lots of kids that have really weird offer lists so not to make excuses but i'm just saying don't rule a kid out based off of their offer list because i think their play would have especially if they played in a camp would have gotten much more attention especially hutchins i think he's going to be a stud um so that's a look at some of the under-recruited guys, but they also have a few that are really highly recruited, and that would be guys like Andre Porter or Nigel Tate or uh, Owen Studmeyer. Those are three defensive ends they're going to be bringing in, and you're going to want to watch out for them because those kids are going to be um, really going to add some depth there. Uh, St- both Studmeyer and Tate um, had offers already from Arizona State. You know, Other schools are really starting to look at them. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Andre Porter in a little bit, but he's a kid that um, we're going to have to watch to make sure he stays at Boston College. Next segment, we're going to talk about the offensive line. But first, I need to chill. And when I chill, nothing helps me more than an ice-cold Coors Light. Coors Light is a beer made to chill. It's cold lagered, it's filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as cold and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, and it's perfect for a moment to unwind. For me, anytime I'm watching football, whether it's the Patriots, where it's Boston College, whether it's Clemson, doesn't matter who it's playing. When I need to, to unwind, I reach for a Coors Light. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look straight delivered to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Cold Golden. Colorado. In our first segment, we talked about recruiting and focused on the defensive side of the ball. Now let's flip it over. Let's look at the offense and look at what Boston College is bringing in in that class of 20. We're about to get into the offensive recruits, but there were two names that I failed to mention in the first half of our talk about recruiting, and that is Trevin Wallace, who is one of the best recruits Boston College has. Now, you may look at his star ranking and go, oh, yeah, he's only a three-star. This is a kid that has offers from Auburn. He has offers from Tennessee. He's going to be the kid to watch uh, moving forward. We're going to talk about him more in a little bit. And then also, defensive end Nito Ekpala from Georgia is another name to watch for. He's a defensive end. So those were two other names I wanted to make sure you got um, on your radar. Now, let's look at the offense. Now, Jeff Halfley, Jeff Halfley definitely looked to address some of the weapons issues that the team has and tried to add some more depth. Now, Boston College this year really didn't have a lot of depth issues once you watched what the um, wide receivers were able to do and, and some of the running backs, but he added some. So let's look at the running backs first. Boston College added two running backs, or are adding two running backs, and those would be Lewis Bond out of uh, Chicago. He goes to Kenwood High School. And Xavier Coleman. These are both not typical 
Boston College running backs. If you're looking at those power backs, you know, the guys like A.J. Dillon or Andre Williams, these are not those types of backs. Frank Signetti's offensive system works best with backs like Dion Lewis. He's a great example. The guy that plays for the Giants, um, you know, a, a running back that can catch the ball, move quickly in space. And I think Bond and Coleman both fit that bill. Now, Bond, is it's interesting, his uh, classmate, Dante Reynolds, is a wide receiver, and he is going to be um, – also committed to Boston College. This is a kid with blazing speed. So if you like fast wide receivers, uh, Reynolds is going to be there. He's he, I don't know. Think he might not be as fast as uh, Flowers or uh, um, Gill, but he's going to give you speed, and I think that's a a big plus. Now on the offensive line, there's been two spots that they filled. They have Otto Hess, and they also have Elijah Krajnovic. And Hess is a kid. He's from Illinois. Um, big, big tackle. And, you know, he's had, he also had some good Big Ten offers. Keep your eye out for him. Krasnovic, his story is real interesting. This is a kid that came to Boston College from Serbia. He played for the IMG Academy down in Florida this year. But before he even played a down with uh, IMG, he committed to Boston College. Now, why is this weird? Because in Serbia, Elijah Krasnovic barely played any football. Football is basically new to him. He played some European league over there, uh, but you know he's not a, a kid that really played a lot. He wrestled. He did a whole bunch of different. He's an athlete. Um, but he's six seven. He's three hundred pounds. Pounds. BC did an awesome job of scouting and recruiting this kid because I'm sure his recruitment was about to blow up, um, and he's going to be a real interesting cat to watch on um, on that offensive line. So they, you know, they filled those two spots. We'll talk about where they could fill some more in a little bit, and then um, in terms of quarterbacks, they added Emmett Moorhead out of Virginia. You know, he's. Got the size similarities to uh, Phil Dracovic, but he's a pro-style quarterback that I don't think has the movement that Dracovic has. So he's a kid that can throw it. Um, he's, you know, his coach, when I talked to him when he committed, talked a lot about Moorhead's, um, his leadership qualities, what he's able to do on the field. And he was very impressed with, you know, what he's, how he's able to lead the team and his arm. So he had just started quarter, being a quarterback a couple years before. Um, with Moorhead, it's interesting because if you look ahead, BC landed Peter Delaportis, who's a four-star quarterback out of New Jersey. I mean, if you want to be honest, looking ahead, I would imagine Delaportis probably has a better chance of becoming the next starting quarterback after Djokovic leaves. But you never know. Kids definitely, you know, mature and and season in an offense in different ways. So. Uh, Moorhead's an interesting one to watch for. Now, in the in terms of tight ends, Boston College didn't hit any tight ends so far. They, you know, they went after a couple guys like Louis Hansen out of uh, Massachusetts. I know a lot of BC fans were hoping for him. I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't think BC really pushed that hard for him, and I don't know if they just didn't want him because he he doesn't fit their system. But from what I've heard, and I have some good sources, he just didn't fit what BC was going for. They offered him uh, that you know they wanted him to come, but they didn't push super hard, and that's why he ended up at Michigan. So I mean, even if Michigan ends up firing Jim Harbaugh, and we'll talk a little bit more about what this kind of thing could look like in the third section. Um, I don't think Hanson's going to end up here. And I don't think Boston College is going to go for a tight end because they've already landed Matt Reagan, who's a 
almost four-star tight end out of Massachusetts in 2022. Um, and I think they may just be happy to, to sit with what they have and, and bring that kid in um, in the future. So that's a, a little wrap-up of the offense. The only other two offensive players that they have are J- uh, Jamira Bugs-Jones, uh, who is from Virginia. He's a wide receiver. Uh, they, so, again, Halfley's building that wide receiver core, something that um, I don't think Steve Adazio did a really great job of doing because he was so uh, committed to the run. He added him. And then uh, Owen McGowan could end up playing fullback. I know that he was recruited at different schools to play that. Um, so he's someone to watch for. He's a local kid too. And he was committed um, under Steve Adazio as well. So um, he's the one kid I believe that's still on this roster that has stuck through. There's been a bunch of kids that stayed, you know, they originally committed to BC, but then ended up um, changing to another school after Adazio had left. Next, we're going to talk about the holes that are still in the class some of the other um, options that they have that they could still fill a spot or two with and um, maybe a player or two that they could add or lose via the flip. This is Locked On Boston College. I am AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC and you can follow the site on Twitter at Locked On BC. Now, we're going to end our conversation on recruiting by looking at some of the guys that BC could end up grabbing to fill their class. As I said before, this is a class of about 24 people right now. It could go as high as around 30. I've talked to some people within the program. They said in the 20s. So there's still some spots available. And Boston College is still making offers. Now, that could be just to uh, secure some spots in case they lose a player. But I still think that they could still... Um, bulk up this class a little bit. So let's look at two names to watch for in terms of flips. And that means players that are committed to Boston College that could end up flipping to other schools. And these two names have been popping up quite a bit, so they're worth watching. The first was one we just talked about, Trevin Wallace, a, a, a linebacker from Georgia who was very under recruited to start off this cycle and has has had his recruitment blow up. Now, he has a great relationship with the staff. Um, He really likes what he's seen at Boston College, but the SEC schools are starting to pop up. He's gotten offers from Tennessee and Auburn, and I believe there's a few others. Uh, Vanderbilt, I believe, has also offered. Now, these are big schools that are in his backyard. That's a hard siren song to 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 block out. So he's worth watching. I don't. I wouldn't say he's definitely going to do it, but uh, they're pushing, and it's going to be a tough keep for BC to keep him from going down and staying in the SEC. So he's one to watch. The other is Andre Porter, who is a uh, defensive end slash defensive tackle from the DC area. He's playing, I believe, in Pennsylvania this year. This kid is an athletic freak, and I hate using that word, but that's the best way to describe him. Right now, he's a defensive end slash running back. At 285, you should watch some film. I've I've posted some of his tweets under our um, our Boston College SI account, so at Boston College SI. He runs with the speed of a running back, but at 285 pounds. He's an athletically gifted kid. Uh, Minnesota just recently offered him. I believe they had been kind of just hovering around for a while and waiting for the opportunity, and they offered him. Now, they're a school that I think he has his eyes open to, someone that he may think about going to. So, again, just like Wallace, he's kind of 50-50. But, again, Andre Porter is a name to watch in terms of possibly uh, a spot opening for BC. Now, 
the names for those last few spots, we got some interesting ones to look at. Now, the one everyone wants to talk about is Drew Kendall. You know, Drew, he is a local recruit. He's an offensive guard who is a four-star recruit. His dad, obviously, was the legendary Boston College offensive lineman, Pete Kendall. And so a lot of Boston College fans want to make sure he stays here. At this point, it looks like he is down to three schools, Boston College, Michigan, and Stanford. He just visited Stanford in the last week or so. So he should be getting close to possibly making a decision. But one thing I've learned with following Kendall's recruitment, this is a kid that doesn't say a lot. You know, some kids, when you're talking to them, they'll tell you everything. I've had some recruits that will tell me, you know, a week in advance, I'm going to commit to BC. Kendall's very quiet and he doesn't give away a lot. So who knows where his mind is at? You would think that if he had just visited Stanford and they answered all his questions, he would be committed to them by now, but he hasn't committed. So it's interesting to see. Uh, where his head goes. I still think he's going to end up at Boston College based off of, you know, the way BC's playing, the way Michigan is. Um, I, I just get this, I get this gut feeling he's going to end up at BC. So he'll be someone to watch for. He's a four-star and he would be a nice feather in the cap for this, cl- for this class. Another name to watch for, Malachi Lawrence. He was a kid that they just offered. He's from the South. I, I think he's from Texas. Um, I don't think he plays that offensive line defensive end position. Given that BC just landed Quantavius Hutchins and Tyus Clemens, I don't see him committing to BC. I feel like they've probably already filled that spot, but he had just been offered in the last week or so. Uh, so he's someone to watch for. And a flip, there's a couple to look at. Jack Beck was a name I had thrown out for a while, but I give, given that BC has quite a few wide receivers, um, I think he's probably um, going to end up either sticking with Vanderbilt or going to LSU. The one I would watch for is Jaden Williams. I think he's probably going to be the next commitment for BC. He's a wide receiver from Texas, um, and he's a two-star athlete. He's told me he's just going to probably focus on football unless a school offers him to play basketball. He's basically – he was a two-lane commit. He's down base, from what I've seen, down to BC and Utah – um, I get a feeling he's going to end up at Boston College, so he's someone to watch for. Now let's talk flips. Now, if you've been paying attention to this weekend in football, you saw Michigan lose. Michigan got smoked by their their rival, Michigan State, which again sh- uh, gives pretty severe indictment of how John Har- uh, Jim Harbaugh, John's at the Ravens, sorry, Jim Harbaugh's regime is going at Michigan. Do I think that Harbaugh is going to get fired? It's too hard to tell now. If this season continues to go downhill, he definitely has that possibility. But I think one of the bigger problems is if the defense continues to struggle. They just released, they just reassigned their safety coach. The next step from that is their defensive coordinator, who's Don Brown. Don Brown is the one that has been brutal in the New England area for the last five years or so. And he's brought some of the kids that BC wants to Ann Arbor. So if he leaves, you could see that the defensive coordinator could go in a different direction. So the name that I'm going to look at in terms of recruits that could flip is TJ Guy. TJ Guy, if you all remember, was a kid that committed to BC. He committed to Steve Adazio and then flipped, or he decommitted, kept his, my, his options open, and then committed to Michigan. I get this 
gut feeling that if something happens at Michigan, there's still a chance that Boston College could bring him in. But it would have to happen quick because I believe I've heard that he's going to commit early, um, enroll early at Ann Arbor. So he's someone just to keep an eye on. Um, The last name I'd watch out for is Coco Luckrich. And he's a big uh, offensive guard out in Utah. Um, if you like watching tape, I'm not a big tape person, but his tape stuck out to me. This kid's an athletic uh, monster on the offensive line. I got a feeling that if BC can't close on Kendall, he might be a, a, a good substitution if they can get him, um, especially if Kendall ends up at Stanford because it sounds like Stanford's going to take one of the two. So um, that'll be interesting to see. So that is what we're talking about in terms of recruiting for this class. We've talked at length about what the class of 21 looks like. Now the class of 22, that's going to be even more special. It's already been a huge success. Boston College right now has the sixth ranked recruiting class in the class of 22. And I know it's super early, but they have a four-star quarterback. They have, you know, some really good, solid local talent. And we'll talk about that in another segment. Um, But we're just going to stick with the class of 21 for here. So what do you think? Leave your comments, you know, to us on Twitter. You can find us at Locked On Boston College SI, uh, Locked On Boston College, excuse me, or Boston College SI on Twitter. You can find us on tw- uh, Facebook at Boston College SI, and you can follow my site at bcbulletin.com. So this is AJ Black. For the rest of the week, we're going to be talking about Syracuse, and we're going to have some guests to do it. We're going to have Eric. Uh, Hofsis to come in and give us his preview. I believe he'll be on either Thursday or Friday. We're going to have Dan Rubin of bceagles.com to kind of give his take on where the season's at and talk a little bit about Syracuse. And then we're going to talk to Locked On Syracuse as well and get the perspective from the orange side of the ball. So there's going to be a lot of different um, guests coming in to, to end off this week. So hopefully you'll enjoy all that. Uh, make sure that if you haven't already, that you like and subscribe to us and check out some of the other podcasts on Locked On. I'm a huge fan of Locked on Celtics. John Corrales is one of my heroes in podcasting. He does such an incredible job. If you're a Celtics fan, check them out. They're one of the best Celtics podcasts out there and what I hope to bring to you guys on the Boston College side. So this is AJ Black. I'll see you guys again on Thursday. Take care, everyone.